Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, we found a new cement mixer, a bowl of custard, unusual police names and cooling pavements. Now, Lippy. Hello. This week, I've been looking up some of the history of podcasting. Ooh. So when do you think the first use of the phrase podcast was? Gosh. It's probably earlier than you think. 1990? Oh, no, it's later than you think. <laughs> <laughs> I only went that early because I thought, let's just add a few more years on. No, the term was first used in February 2004 by a journalist called Ben Hammersley, uh, who used the word podcasting as a suggestion as one of the three names for an emerging media type that we now know as podcasting. And the first UK podcast was in October of the same year. Interesting. Yeah, so it's been around for a while. You're coming up on 20 years now. Podcasting is a weird word, actually, isn't it, when you think about it? It is. I find it's best not to think about words for too long, otherwise... They become really weird in your head. They do become really weird if you think about them. Like air. Air is always one that gets me. Yes, I see what you're saying there. Yes. So I had to dig around for some more statistics. And this is as of April 2021. And there were over 2 million podcasts and over 48 million episodes. Wow. So that would keep you busy on a rainy Sunday. That word, wouldn't it? And interestingly, 12% of podcasts have only ever published a single episode. And I've been guilty Obviously of that not in the past. It. Not necessarily. I, when we did the Italian job in 2019, I was quite keen to do a nightly update. Mm. And was quite new to the whole thing. So on the first night, I think it was the first night we were in Italy. So we'd had two or three nights travelling down set all the stuff up, did it, recorded it, and then two and a half hours later, I released it. And the problem with that event is that you're doing so much driving and there's so much fun to be had. There's very little time for stuff like that. So I am one of the 12%. He's only uploaded one I've only uploaded one. And 6% of podcasts don't make it past two episodes. And half of all podcasts have 14 or fewer episodes. So we're on episode 46. So we are in the top 50%. We smashed it. Yes. Yes, indeed. So we've had a bit of listener feedback. So thank you for sending bits in and trawling bits of our various social media pages as well. So the picture of the inside of the 1987 Nissan Gloria with a button frenzy evokes a lot of love let's say Mm. a lot of love for buttons and not quite so much love for touchscreens in cars (laughs) yes i think it's safe to say and the other thing we talked about was wife of grumpy's observation that you never see a brand new cement mixer and a couple of people commented it's because they don't treat them properly but lo and behold orange marshall 2 at lunchtime sent me a photograph some work going on at a house in the village with a brand new cement mixer outside looks lovely it it does it's orange and it's shiny and it's glorious and mm. we'll pop a picture of that uh, on various picture sites but i think by and large people don't see new ones it's like baby pigeons i've never seen a baby pigeon i point precisely interesting i'm gonna go find a baby pigeon anyway you um 
you sent me a message saying you wanted to talk about custard. Oh, I, well, not specifically about custard, but um, I think last week we were talking about being specific in in what you wanted. Oh, to a we were. Degree, yes, we definitely uh, were to make sure you got the thing that you are requesting. So uh, it's a slight extension on that. Mum very nicely brought made us a crumble, froze it. So we had frozen crumble in the fridge. And on Sunday, I thought, you know what? I'm going to treat us. I made a Sunday roast. Oh, very nice. All by myself. Very good. Really good. Really. Chicken was a bit dry. Disappointed with the chicken, but the rest of it was lovely. And anyway, we sat there eating the roast. And Chris goes, we can have crumble. There's crumble in the freezer. It's got the crumble out. Didn't defrost until about nine o'clock that evening. Enough for us to cook it. So it's in the oven. It starts beeping. Turn to Chris and go, would you like some? He goes, a small bowl with custard. Okay. <laughs> Off I pop to the kitchen, giggling away to myself on the yeah. inside. Open up the custard, a little bit in his bowl, go back in, trying my hardest to keep a straight face. Give him the bowl and go and pretend to walk away. And he's like, what's this? And I was like, well, you asked for a bowl with a small piece of custard. And as I'm saying it, I just burst into laughter. (laughs) (laughs) And he just looked at me and went, you know what I meant? That's not funny. Like, I can tell you're finding yourself funny. It's not funny. It's hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. It's hilarious. And it pays to be precise. Exactly. I just, I was in hysterics for a good few minutes to myself on the fact that I just gave him a bowl of custard. (laughs) So you are setting sail on the HMS Pedantic. I'm getting Isn't, there. Yep, no two ways about it. To be honest, I, I think it's all of my time alone that I, I'm not used to being instructed by people. So I feel like when I'm given instructions, they need to be very clear because I don't fully understand what people ask for anymore. I, I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think you've got the pedantic gene from me. Oh, no. Yeah. Also, it's not necessarily the... Like, I needed it. It's just hilarious. Like, it's just funny, is, isn't it? That is very funny. Exactly. I'd do it for the humour rather from the pedancity. Yes, I'm not quite yes, sure what the phrase is there. My aunt and uncle had a house in France, which we visited on a couple of occasions. And my uncle's French was very good. He, he could phone up and book a hotel in a from a hotel in the middle of, middle of France without any problem whatsoever. And they had a very small kitchen area. It's quite an old house. And he wanted some new tiles to go there. So he measured it out and he, he went to the, the local bricolage, which is sort of French equivalent of a B&Q. And he had a conversation with the man there and he said what he wanted. So they chose the tiles and he told them how many he wanted. Anyway, about three weeks later, the tiles turned up and he was out by a factor of 100 so he wanted something like three square meters, and he got a lorry with three hundred square meters of tiles on the back. And oh God. I, I'm not particularly good with French, and one of the things I'm very not good about is their counting system. They're very proud of their metric system, and quite rightly, because a lot of it makes sense compared to imperial rods and bushels and goodness only knows what but actually the method for counting is is a bit on the rubbish side so it's not surprising there are some errors when um yeah when we brits try and speak numbers over there anyway what was the crumble like oh it was banging to be honest i was very impressed it was a bit stodgier 
than it yeah. normally is when it's fresh because obviously the the crumble soaked in more to the rhubarb juices but i love a oh. stoddy crumble yes i think i may have over harvested the rhubarb so i don't know what effect that will have next year so we'll see uh, we'll see it's a bit yes. late it was i was very impressed with how nice it was actually considering it was a frozen crumble yeah good excellent well you won't be getting one of those again <laughs> cheers Oh, I came across a picture, as you do, during the week of a police car from America from a town called Sandwich. Uh, down the side of the police car had Sandwich Police, which I thought was uh, quite funny. And we do it's have right. a sandwich in Kent, but of course we don't have a Sandwich Police Force, which is a bit of a shame. That is a shame. Anyway, so I was discussing this with wife of Grumpy and she said, oh, I wonder if there's any others because there's some very weird town names in America. There is. So I thought, oh, that's good. So I went on the internet. What did we do before the internet? And there's quite a list. Very odd police names around the world. So we have got, most of these are America, I have to say. So in Arizona, we have the Surprise Police. In Arkansas, we have the Bald Knob Police. That's the name of a town? Yep, Bald Knob. We have some pretty weird town names in the UK as well. So uh, I haven't got the monopoly on that. In Minnesota, they have the Savage Police. I like that. In Missouri, they have the Peculiar Police. Also in Missouri, they have the Licking Police. That's a weird one. Indiana, they have French Licking Police. No idea what that is or why it's called that. Why is there a town called French Licking? I have some questions. (laughs) Yes, there are. No, no, this uh, poses more questions than it answers, believe you me. In Kentucky, they have the Hazard Police, but I think that was... Probably covered on Dukes of Hazard many, many years ago. Uh, in Michigan, they have the Flushing Police. In Georgia, they have the Bacon Police. And Arkansas, the Flipping Police. <laughs> but they do have an odd one in Germany. Oh, go on. The Horny Police. The thing is, I feel like it's not as weird, that one, because it's Germany, so it could means like the translation of what that town is called in english probably isn't horny oh yes however in america <laughs> yes there was a an episode of the grand tour i think it was grand tour not uh, top gear where they went to some very odd town names either in germany or austria i can't remember which mm. one it was and there was one particularly rude name there they've had to change the name of the town not because it offended anybody but because people kept coming and stealing the signs <laughs> So they had to keep replacing it. So go, oh, we're going to change it. Yeah. Yes, well, that amused me. So it'd be quite nice to have a uh, picture of each of those police department cars. Now, you provided a list of common misconceptions. I Which is going did. to be interesting. This does answer some questions as well. So this is a bit of a more, Ooh, does it? more sensible one. It explains the reason or where it actually came from, etc., etc. So there is a list of 10, but we're not going to do all 10 because some of them are a bit dull, you know? Yes, some of them are. Mix it up. The one that I found the most interesting, though, is fortune cookies are not from China. They're not from China. Wow. Well, I never. So they were actually brought to the US by the Japanese. Interesting. And they're seen as an American cuisine, not a Chinese cuisine because they don't have them in China. Well, I never... How mad is that? You don't get them a great deal here, do you? No, very rarely. I don't think actually I think I've ever had, had them. One. I think I've had them one or twice, but 
and possibly in London where they would see it as a if you're an American tourist you'd expect it because you think yeah try these meals in with a fortune cookie and in America you get them as a free they're a freebie after the meal well it's I've included in America it's included it's not free oh yeah sorry nothing's free nothing's free no nothing another very interesting one is that Buddha wasn't fat really well yeah I'd be on to my solicitor because all of the statues, he's quite portly. It says that that's inaccurate. Mm. However, I wasn't aware Buddha was a person. I thought Buddha was like a being, like a, a being. state of mind. Oh, like okay. You are a Buddha. Yes, mindset rather than... Yeah. Yeah, I, you're possibly confusing that with Buddhism. I think I might be. But he actually ate almost nothing to achieve full enlightenment. So he definitely wasn't fat. If anything, he was probably too skinny. Well, that would be empty enlightenment rather than full Mm. enlightenment. But the fat one is folk hero in Chinese called Budaya. Oh, he was the fat one. Yeah, he was the fat one. So they get mixed up a lot. Oh, okay. So it's not Buddha that's fat. It's it's Budaya, Budai. Budai? Budai. Budai. (laughs) Budai was the fat dude. Sounds a bit like B-Day. Okay. <laughs> Another Vikings didn't wear horns on their helmets. Oh, really? Yep. That has just come from an opera. Wagner's Ring, I would imagine. That is the exact one. Well, I never. Oh, I got something about Vikings a bit later. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> we don't just throw this together, you know. We, we don't. <laughs> the other one I found very interesting is Napoleon is not short. That's odd because he's always portrayed. As short. Yes, because the French recorded him as five feet two inches, but that's in French feet. Oh, this was before the metric system. Before the metric system. So he's actually five foot seven in Uh English feet. So actually, he's pretty tall. Not, I mean, I'm still taller than him. Yeah, but for the time, that's quite tall. I hadn't realised there was French feet. I didn't realise it was different. No, neither did I, but... So he was actually slightly taller than the average Frenchman. Well, I never, because he's always depicted as small. That's... I'm going on Bill and Ted's excellent adventure here. Yes, that, and I think it's mainly because it's the British people portraying him in a lot of the things you see, or American, and they will see five foot two as five foot two, not five foot two in French yes. feet. Well, so I... five foot two is small. Yes, well, it's a good five inches shorter than than he was. Ah, oh, that is that was a good find. I know, very I was very impressed find. with that find, to be honest. I I feel like I've inputted fully to this this episode. Excellent. Well, I found something. Actually, I didn't find it. It was wife of Grumpy found it. I don't know how she found it, but on uh, on Tinternet, and it's Polish dragon boat tug of war. Sorry, what? Yes, I will explain. So. <laughs> No doubt you know what a tug-of-war is. Yes. So it's a number of quite burly people and a piece of rope and lots of shouting and mm. not a great deal of movement generally. And then one side slowly proceeds to win. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now a dragon boat, and I've heard the term dragon boat a lot, but I couldn't accurately describe it. But in fact, it is a human-powered watercraft originating from the Pearl River Delta region of China's southern Guangdong province. 
So it's a big canoe, basically. It's a big canoe. Big Has it got canoe. a dragon on the front? Um, unfortunately not. Oh. Chinese dragons are one of my favourite things. But yeah. it doesn't have that on there. But I think, because they do quite a lot of dragon boat running, rowing in the Thames. And I think they're a bit more picturesque than this one is in this video clip. So if you can imagine a dragon boat, it's quite a long canoe. Yeah. And you've got one end, you've got one team. And then you've got a bit of a gap. And the other end, mm. you've got the other team. You're in a, probably in a swimming pool, as this one is. And you, the middle of the boat is in the mid, across a line. And then you start, and then you paddle like there's no tomorrow <laughs> to get the other end of the boat to where you're sitting over the line. So it's the same as a tug of war. But it is frenetic. I mean, the paddling is, is on another level. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It is I very, very bizarre. I can imagine it's like the rolling of the dice in the Jumanji game we played, just go, 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 yeah. go, go, go. Yes, it is a bit like that. But of course, because they're essentially rowing in the other direction. They're facing one another and then pulling the oars to... Oh, so yes, it's, it's like rowing a proper rowboat. Yeah. yeah, it's rowing rather than paddling. But I've never seen anything like it. It was raw-droppingly stunning. So I'm I bad at rowing on a good day. It. Yes, but it does require some coordination. Which, I'm very coordinated, actually. Well, you are also incident-prone. I played Netball Monday. I scored three out of four goals. Three out of four? Was and I tried four times and I got three in. Oh, okay. I see. So anyway, you can search for Polish Dragon Boat Tug of War or we'll give a link to a YouTube video which has got a I will definitely that. be watching uh, that later. Well worth a look. Something else I came across this week, bearing in mind that generally it's been a pretty bad growing season for amateur gardeners. A lot of them holders. A friend of mine has spent ages building a new greenhouse. I think it was secondhand, so he cleaned it all, painted it, replaced the glass, put it up, get a nice base on it, planted some tomato plants in there, and I got three tomatoes. That was his annual crop. Douglas Smith managed to harvest 839 cherry tomatoes from a single stem, and it is a world record. Damn! Absolutely astonishing. And if the pictures are to be believed, they're, they're glorious. That's mad. And he's doubled the Guinness World Record. Which that is, is incredible. mad. So I don't know whether he set out to do this uh, or whether it happened by accident. No, it says he was careful to follow Guinness's rules when growing and harvesting his tomatoes. So obviously he, he aimed to beat it, but that is astonishing achievement. Now, the other thing I found while I was trawling the internet, looking for good news stories rather than the usual mainstream media's somewhat depressing news, is in Los Angeles, they've, they've been using or trialling a special paint for the roads and the pavements that reflects heat back upwards. So when you think about it, why is tarmac black? Because it does absorb all of the heat from the, heat. the sun. And when we get hot weather here, any sustained period the tarmac does melt it does yeah it's, it's not not brilliant so it does beg the question why is it why is it dark and absorb mm -hmm. the heat anyway so they've thought about this and they, they've done a bit of an experiment and they've measured it from the international space station so they've got heat maps of los angeles and there's clear areas where they've applied this paint it's it's up to 10 degrees fahrenheit cooler Impressive. sorry 10 sorry 10 to 20 degrees fahrenheit that's so, going is substantial and you know if you're making the na neighborhood cooler 
then there's less use of air conditioning because mm. the air is, air is cooler. Where that heat goes is a bit of a worry, though, I have to say. It, can't, it has to go somewhere. So even if it bounces back up again, does it go back out into space or does it just end up bouncing up and down? That's a very good question. Matt. Surely yeah. it would hit, reach a point in the atmosphere where it was cold again. I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works, to be honest. Interesting. So, yes, very interesting. But, you know, cracking bit of science and, you know, implementation of science as well. And it sort of gives you a bit of hope that that we will solve the climate crisis mm. by being smart. Yeah, by making little changes of things that you wouldn't think were considered wouldn't make a difference but actually they make yeah. a lot more of a difference than you yeah. realize yeah just little bits will make you know everybody makes a little change then it uh, it does make a difference so uh, yeah so well done with that i hope that's now they're painting more roads so hopefully that will have a continuing effect whether they'll ever yeah. do it over here i'm not sure you can paint over potholes <laughs> i don't think you can they'll right. just fill a whole bucket with it well, yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll hold the uh, the stones from the broken road together. Now, I did come across a cracking photo. or oh, it's two photos, actually. And it's two trucks on a, well, presuming American highway. And the caption for that is, on a straight highway as well. This is the point I'm trying to make. And then underneath that is the biggest spaghetti junction you would have ever seen. Mm. And the caption for that is, the way I explain it. That is so true. That is me all over. So often find myself trying to explain something and just get myself tied up in knots and clearly demonstrating I have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, actually, I do. I just can't articulate it very well. I... had a few moments of that today. Oh, you had a, quite a special day today, didn't you? I had, I did, yeah. So actually, I went into work. One, I went into, I saw people. Not only people, I saw about 15 people. And then I had to do a, present a training course for all of them. Wow. So yeah, I had a very big day. The first time I've done mass training. I've done little groups of training in previous jobs because... Oh, mass training, not maths. Yeah, maths, not maths. maths. God, no. (laughs) I would not be in charge of the math training. Yeah, I did a few times. I had to kind of slow myself down and take a minute and be like, what am I actually talking about? Okay, no, I do know what I'm talking about. And then carry on. (laughs) Asking if anyone has any questions is a good way, I've realised, to to give myself a few minutes of mental break before going on to the next topic. Or ask somebody some questions, that's always... Quite yes, good. I definitely had an interactive section because I was like, I am not doing all the talking yeah. here. I did a, a course many years ago, not presented it, sent on it. And they were talking about presenting in that. And one of the things they say is when you start talking, if somebody asks you a question quite early on, you get more settled. So something mm. about this barrier with an audience that there's no response. As soon as you start getting some, some feedback, you, you tend to settle down a bit. Um, yeah. Which is obviously very different from podcasting, where A, you can't see the non-existent audience. Exactly. Yes, and there's um, no B. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, because questions straight away are hard work sometimes. Well, they are, but you say, I'll come to that in a minute. Yes. I'm glad you've asked that question. I'll come to that Argumentative human. Well, you just, write, you just write it down and say, that's a very good point. I need to think about it. 
Yeah. It generally works. Oh, well, well done today. That's very good. I like to think Thank the podcasting's you. helped a little bit. I like to think that too, actually, to be honest, because it's a lot of of talking <laughs> from my brain, I was yes, yeah. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Yeah. I feel like the last time I did a presentation, like I have done training for people before, but in groups of three, and this was 15 or people, and the last time I've done something that size was back at school so although I wasn't too nervous because I did know everyone I kind of had getting flashbacks of being back at school and stood at the mm. front of like the class and absolutely hating having to give a presentation yeah. but the main difference was I wasn't having to read anything and being very dyslexic yes. <laughs> reading yes. out loud in front of people is the worst fear I think I have so just being a genius and basically knowing everything I was talking about definitely helped. It makes for a much better presentation as well. I mean, that through many a, a meeting where people are just reading things from a mm. slide and it's just like, what's the point? Yeah, um, I I think at the start I was in such like a daze. I don't even yeah. know what the slide said. I was just all yeah. just chatting. That's the best way to do it. Absolutely the best way to do it. So you'll be ready for the classic car show then on the 14th of August 2022 as the continuity announcer. I will be, yes, because I will be back from my Holly Bobs in time. Excellent. Well, that's... I've planned um, Holly Bobs already um, for next year. That's it. We'll be a four-person team in the whatever PA caravan turns up. How exciting. Yes, very good. How banterish are we allowed to be? That very, very banterish. And you can be cut out of the car if you like. Oh my God, yes. I've been watching Chicago Fire on Netflix because I've watched Chicago PD and my appreciate like firemen are amazing human beings anyway because they put themselves in danger to save other people on a daily basis but it's just given me a whole other perspective I know it's dramatized because it's like a show but they take situations from real life fire people and make them more interesting and dramatize them but they do so much other stuff that you don't even think that they do. But obviously they do because the police don't have massive cranes that they can rip stuff apart with or break into doors with. And they're putting the firing line a lot more than you think. Yeah, I'm sure about the, not the doors. doors bit. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Pretend I didn't yeah. say that. But yes. it's, it's an experience I'll not forget. I've done it twice now as part of a demonstration, not as... Uh, not in real life, and I, I would never want to be in that situation. It is, mm. it's, it's terrifying. There's no two ways about it. Also, my friend's partner is one of the firemen at the local firehouse, so yeah. it would be him cutting me out, so that would be hilarious. <laughs> firehouse? I think it's a fire station. And that's because I've been watching an American yeah, show called much. Chicago Fire. <laughs> exactly, yes. Well, hopefully they'll be there to, to do it next year. They, they do normally try, but we have had a couple of years where they've been called away. But they are very supportive of um, car shows, so that'll be good. I think it's good, isn't it, to show people what they do. It's odd. Some don't like it for whatever reason. And yet it is the most popular event mm. that we have in the arena. There's no two ways about it. People come and watch that. So, uh, yes, so long may it continue. So, slightly apprehensively, I'm going to ask whether you have a top tip for this week. I have a great one this week. Good. Well, last a week's really was pretty good, good actually. Uh, I can't remember what last week's was. No, nor can I, but it was better than <laughs> the two previous weeks. <laughs> this week's, again, 
is pulled slightly from real life, which Good. is slightly Those are the embarrassing. Best ones. Oh dear. Um, so my top tip for this week: everybody hates the word moist, but loves a moist cake. Love a moist cake. And the best way to make sure that your cake is still moist when you're eating it is just to eat it all in one go. That's that's uh, an interesting tip. It's a good top tip. If you want to eat a moist cake, eat it all in one go. It's, it's a good top tip. I don't mind the word moist. I have no truck with the word moist whatsoever. I think it's a very good descriptive word, to be yes, honest. Yes, I do. I used to use it a lot because my sister didn't like it. That's, uh, that's one of the reasons. But I do like the idea of consuming a massive amount of cake. Yes. I mean, it's needed sometimes. Oh. Sometimes you just need to sit down with a fork and the whole cake and just go for it. There are some opportunities because it's Macmillan coffee morning season again. It is. And I think my um, favourite time of year, that. I think Wife of Grumpy's got a social Macmillan day tomorrow. So hopefully she'll return with a large amount of cake. cake. The thing I love about the Macmillan mornings is they sell slices. So you can go to every single one and buy a slice of every single type of cake. And it doesn't matter how much money it is because it's going towards cancer research. It's all all for for charity. charity. So you buy all the cake and you eat all of it. It's a win-win, isn't it? It's a win-win. Mind you, then you have to go and buy more clothes because they don't fit anymore. True. Anyway, my fun fact, as I alluded to earlier, is about the Vikings. And I've used and heard the term berserk many on many occasions. It's been, yes. Thrown around our family. Yes, grumpy you are going berserk. But apparently it was a group of Vikings called the Berserkers. Mm. And they were Norsemen who fought undressed whilst, it seems, under the influence of hallucinogenic substances. Claim to rage on the battlefield with the intensity of wild beasts. So you can see where the term going berserk came from. Yes. Because they would just go. Absolute lunatic. Berserk, yes. Well, possibly. So there is some discussion about what substance they used. The, the Possibly mixed mead and beer with magic mushrooms. Yeah, either. Yes. And then there's some talk that they soaked the mushrooms in reindeer urine. Ugh. Yeah, very weird. But also there's a substance called henban which is a toxic plant that causes hallucinations, likely to induce a berserker rage state, the mushroom. <laughs> so the next time you're in a berserk state, you should be naked and trying to fight off hallucinations. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Having had either some magic mushrooms or some henbane. We're, d- we're not suggesting to have magic mushrooms. We're not suggesting to take either, to be honest, no. or, or to fight people naked either. But, oh no, uh, fight your hallucinations naked, not real people. Well, the problem is if that ends up going up the high street with a with some sort of plastic sword fighting off an imaginary beast <laughs> <laughs> whilst unclothed. So that is likely to cause trouble. That word. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.